Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this time on Metroscope is Laura Adams. Laura is a safety and education analyst at driversed.com, the number one online driving school, and a personal finance expert, consumer advocate, and award-winning author of multiple books, including Money Girl's Smart Moves to Grow Rich. Laura is a frequent source for the national media, and she's been featured on most major news outlets as well. Her mission is to empower consumers to live richer lives through her spokesperson, speaking, teaching, and advocacy work. Laura is here today to speak with us about National Sleep Awareness Week on behalf of DriversEd.com. Laura, thanks for being here again. It's your second time on the program with me in the last couple months. It is. It's my pleasure to be back with you. I'm happy to talk about this topic. It's kind of an interesting one uh, related to driving, but uh, something that I think we all probably need more of is, is good sleep. Yes, absolutely. I only got about five hours last night. I'm going to go nap when I get home. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm not violating some kind of law by doing that. You can t- you can tell me if I am or not. Um, but we are excited to have you back. Last time we had you on was uh, to discuss driving during uh, winter conditions when road conditions were tough. And I know that that podcast at this point would still be quite relevant given that we're experiencing snow it's been snowing here in the portland area and it's uh, dumping up in washington but you guys are are staying away from the wintry mix uh, if you will out there in texas that's right yeah here in austin we're pretty blessed with some uh, nice weather right now so yes it's been an interesting weather year and a lot of challenges out there for drivers whether it's rain sleet snow hail even you know there's just all kinds of stuff going on and it affects all of us when we're out on the road, you know, really uh, pr- pretty directly. Um, and I think that if we can help people be a little bit safer through some tips, um, we'll all be happier. We'll all be safer when we're on the road. Awesome. So we are approaching springtime. March 10th through the 16th is National Sleep Awareness Week. Uh, and DriversEd.com is doing a push to raise awareness of the dangers of dry, drowsy driving, uh, which is kind of our key phrase here in this conversation. And studies show that it can be as dangerous as drinking and driving, causing nearly 10% of all road accidents every year, which is a pretty mind-blowing statistic. I looked up a a bunch of different statistics as well on the website drowsydriving.org. There's also sleepfoundation.org for those listeners uh, who are interested out there in the effects of drowsy driving. And uh, let's just start off the top with that key phrase, drowsy driving, and what that means and what the risks are, if you could. So drowsy driving is when you're operating a motor vehicle and you are just too tired to stay alert. And this can happen for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, one of the, the main things that we instantly think about is, well, we just we didn't get enough sleep. And, and that happens to all of us, certainly. There are days where we just didn't sleep as well or get as much sleep as we, we had hoped to. And that makes you a little sleepy on the road. And, and, you know, one or two times if that happens, probably no big deal. 
But there are other situations where drivers are dealing with things that are a little bit more complex. So maybe they've got an untreated sleep disorder. Uh, It could be sleep apnea or even narcolepsy. If that goes untreated, you may find yourself sort of constantly feeling drowsy behind the wheel. Um, and if you, if you are somebody who just feels like you've got severe daytime sleepiness, you know, you probably need to go see a doctor. This is something that you may need a medication for. You, you may just need some, some treatment for. So if this is happening to you frequently, I would say don't discount the fact that it, it could be physical. There could be something medically going on that you can get corrected. Um, Even medication. This is another thing that many people don't realize is that medications can cause sleepiness as a side effect. So whether you're maybe taking a new medication or you're taking a different dosage of a medication or, or even combining it with alcohol or other, you know, types of foods that have an adverse reaction, Sometimes the medication is the cause of drowsiness. So, again, that's going to really prompt you to go back to your doctor and have a conversation about what you're experiencing while you're driving. Um, And, you know, some people are at risk because they're changing work. So maybe you used to work during the day, but now you're working at night. Maybe you've got a, a different shift that you're doing, and you've just really thrown your sleep cycle out of whack. Um, it can take a while to get back into uh, a regular rhythm, and, and for some people, they never truly adjust to doing nighttime work. They, they're really probably going to always feel a little bit tired. So there are a lot of different reasons why we might be drowsy. You know, it could just be the time of day. You know, maybe you're just, you know, you're not a night person and you've got to drive somewhere at night um, and your body is just, you know, rebelling against that. So we want to really think about what the root cause is. That's kind of the first thing with drowsy driving, trying to figure out what, what's happening to you. And then take some precautions, uh, whether that's a doctor or maybe just some sleep hacks to get a better night's sleep. Well, and it's certainly a, a relevant and relatable topic as I was looking on your guys' website and just seeing the stats that it really does, drowsy driving really does affect a lot of people. One out of 10 drivers have fallen completely asleep at the wheel in the past year. One out of six deadly car accidents are caused because of drowsy driving. Uh, so very, you know, serious stuff here. Um uh, can you just kind of uh, elaborate a, a bit on the dangers of that and and why why it happens? I mean, you were you were kind of getting into it there, but I mean, if people if it's so relatable, um, I guess you would think that you know uh, people would want to, obviously want to prevent uh, this from happening. But what are these factors that are uh, kind of contributing to it? So according to the United States National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, they say that drowsy driving is related to at least 100,000 motor vehicle crashes a year, and that also is going to include more than 1,500 deaths per year. And those numbers are probably conservative because in a lot of cases, drowsy driving goes unreported. You know, if you're pulled over, uh, unless you admit that you fell asleep, to the officer, drowsy driving can be pretty difficult to detect. So it's likely that those numbers are are probably much higher. And I think that if you are, you know, somebody who is feeling uh, feeling drowsy from time to time, you've got to really take it seriously. You can't let this just sort of be your norm. Um, If it becomes your norm, 
more than likely you're going to get into an accident, you know, at some point. Um, and that accident could be, you know, no big deal, or it could be lethal for you or many people that you're on the road with. Um, so I think that um, we really do have to take it a little bit more seriously. Think about it all along the lines of drugged driving or drunk driving. Um, you know, if you are not able to maintain consciousness and be alert, um, it's it's literally lethal. So um, we want people to really think about how they're driving and use the sleep awareness week as a time to evaluate, you know, do you have any of these symptoms? You know, are you driving on a regular basis tired? Think about what the main symptoms are. So for, for a lot of people, it's Yawning, of course, if you're finding that you're, you're driving and you're yawning constantly uh, or you've got an inability to keep your eyes open. Uh, also, your head is just literally nodding off. You're, you just can't keep your head up while you're driving. Even the ability or the inability to remember driving the last few miles, if you kind of come to and you think, gosh, I just don't even remember uh, you know, where I was the last few miles or the last few minutes, um, that can be a sign that you were, you were drowsy. So ending up too close to nearby cars or missing road signs or missing turns, um, also drifting into other lanes or onto the rumble strips that are on the shoulder, these are all warning signs that you might be looking at, you know, just driving while you're way too drowsy. So, again, it could be a short-term issue that it's just a one, kind of a one-off situation. And if that's the case, I would say, get off the road. You know, if you can find a safe place to get off the road, maybe a rest stop or a parking lot where you can just turn off the car and close your eyes and get the sleep that your body is telling you that you need, you know, that may do do it uh, kind of in the short term, and that will increase your alertness. Um, you might need to get a cup of coffee, but that is definitely, you know, a short-term solution. Um, and, you know, if you're uh, going a short distance, you may be okay just to kind of push through, get, getting, getting there uh, by opening the window, getting a little bit of air blowing on your face, maybe cranking up the radio, um, doing some movements in the car if you can kind of rotate your wrists and move your arms. Any additional circulation that you can do will, will help you stay a little bit more alert. Um, but I will say that if you're planning a long-term trip, this is where it can be uh, especially dangerous because you're probably going to be going at a high rate of speed. You're probably going to be at a, on a highway, a, you know, a major roadway. Um, and so that's going to put you and everyone around you at greater risk if you fall asleep while you're driving at a faster, uh, faster speed. So before going on a long trip, you want to think about getting, uh, you know, a really good night's sleep. Try to, to kind of, um, kind of hoard your, your sleeping and your, your sleeping time. Make sure that you kind of stock up on extra sleep. And even think about sharing the drive with another passenger. You know, if you can do shifts and, and uh, alternate who's driving, that will help you stay alert. Even just having other people in the car with you to chat and talk can help you stay alert. Um, so, you know, you want to have a strategy if you're going on a long-term trip um, and, and just try to prepare the best that you can and make sure that you and the people that are with you in the vehicle uh, are, are not going to be uh, victims of drowsy driving. 
This is Laura Adams from driversed.com joining us uh, for National Sleep Awareness Week, which is this upcoming week, week, March 10th through the 16th, with some fantastic information there. You basically answered by uh, three next questions, which were uh, precautions, and then if drivers notice that they're drowsy, what should they do? And for road trips, what should they do? But I'd like to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, so you mentioned if, you know, if a driver kind of catches himself or herself you know nodding off a little bit i mean what do they do is it would you suggest rolling down the windows blasting music popping a five-hour energy is a is a nap on the side of the road okay um what would be kind of your suggestion there yeah certainly all of those i i would try to pull off the road to a safe place if you just kind of pull off into the shoulder of a highway you may uh really be uh in a, in a dangerous spot so try to get off the road and park somewhere that that you do feel is safe um you know, rest area obviously would be the perfect spot if you can find one. Um, and just allow your body to get the rest that it's telling you that it needs. And maybe even it means that you need to call somebody. Uh, maybe it's a, uh, you need to call an Uber or a Lyft to get you where you need to go. You know, if, you're, if you've got a destination, a short-term destination, maybe calling a friend or family member to come pick you up. Leave your car. You know, if you're just really, uh, you know, bone-tired, you may, you know, want to get some help, um, you know, calling. So pulling off the road, maybe closing your eyes a little bit and then trying to make the determination of, of if you're okay to drive. Um, so having your phone uh, there and available and charged up to, to call for help um, is certainly going to be helpful. Um, but, you know, the, the caffeine, the sugar boost, all of that can, can work uh, if you're just going a short distance. I wouldn't rely on that for a long trip that you're going on because that caffeine is going to wear off. You know, the sugar high is going to wear off, and it may make you end up feeling sleepier than you were to begin with. Um, so it's a little bit different if you're just talking about kind of getting from A to B in a, in a short amount of time, like a daily commute. Um, and also, I think if you are somebody that just tends to get sleepy, let's say when you're coming home from work, it may be that your routine is just very monotonous. So try to drive home a different route if you can. You know, doing something that's going to uh, make you more alert and aware due to, to different surroundings, different scenery, that may also help you stay alert. I, I do hear a lot of people say, yeah, when I'm sitting on, on the highway on my way home from work, I do tend to get a little sleepy. Um, and, and certainly accidents can happen at any rate of speed, you know, even if you're just creeping along on the highway. Uh, you still don't want to be uh, in an accident. So uh, I, I think trying to, to use a different way home sometimes might be uh, just a good alternative to, to mix things up and keep you alert. Okay. No, I appreciate that. And, and something that's really popular these days is podcasts. And, and I know I'm a consumer of podcasts. And I can't tell, and I don't know if there's enough information out there um, to even for for me to even answer this question properly, but I might as well try to pose it to you and and or even just get your uh, general take on it, even if there isn't any data that you know of that supports it or um, goes against it. But what is the kind of general rule on podcasts? I mean, I think sometimes podcasts can be really engaging and keep you awake, and sometimes they can put you to sleep uh, when you're just listening to two individuals or one individual have kind of a calm conversation. Is there any, I know it's kind of a new age thing, but um, whether it's music or, or podcasting, I mean, is there any type of audio that's either proven to help or hurt uh, a person's awareness at the wheel? 
Yeah, that's a really great question, and and I don't know of any uh, you know answers on on stats on that. But I do think you you have to know yourself, and if you are listening to programming, whether it's podcasting or a radio show, and, and you are just just bored to tears, <laughs> and you're sleepy, that's probably not a good combination. So trying to find something that is going to give you some energy and pep you up, um, and, and maybe turn it up loud, that could be a way to to give yourself a little bit of an energy boost. So yes, I think you do have to know yourself. Um, and, and this is the same thing that I say with medication. People say, well, how do I know, you know if my medication is making me sleepy? You really just have to observe your own behavior and your own feelings and, and make that determination. You're really the only person that's going to know if you're feeling sleepy or not. So know yourself, make adjustments as needed to, to be as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And speaking of knowing yourself, as far as age groups of type of types of people that are kind of the most at risk for drowsy driving, I guess the cliche answer would be uh, someone who's either really old or someone who's really young. Um, is there kind of an age category that uh, drowsy driving generally falls into that you're aware of at all, or is, does it really just depend? Is it kind of people of all types? I have seen statistics that say drowsy driving accidents are most common among young men in their teens, 20s, and 30s. And so these are accidents that are happening late at night, so like midnight to 6 or 7 a.m. And, you know, this might be uh, related to sleep, but I will say that that is the age group where accidents are most likely to happen in general. So overall, young male drivers statistically tend to get into more accidents. So whether that's, you know, all drowsy driving, you know, we we can't say, but we do know that um, that age group um, does have more more drowsy driving accidents. So, yes, young men out there, if you can stay off the road between, you know, midnight and and 5 or 6 a.m., that that in itself will help keep you safer. Okay. And pull over to the to the rest stop and get some sleep if you can. I know I've done that. I'm even on my way to Seattle from Portland, um, and that can definitely help a lot uh, as well. Um, well, you just humbled me there because I, I fall in that under 30 category. <laughs> That's a, males uh, who, who would fall into that category of being the most frequent drowsy drivers. Why do you think this is a topic that isn't discussed as much as other topics? I mean, obviously, uh, drunk driving or driving impaired uh, of of any sort is discussed uh, quite a bit with regards to drugs and alcohol, but drowsy driving is a topic that clearly is very relevant, uh, very relatable, but isn't discussed uh, as much as it probably should be. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I do think that it's just more difficult to detect. You know, in general, there's probably a lot more of it happening than we know. Um, You know, and it is a, a, a smaller percentage of overall accidents. But I do think that it really does need to get more exposure because, as we discussed, it, it, it's similar to drunk driving. You know, it is similar to drugged driving. It is really not any different. I mean, if, if you are not alert and you're not aware and that's causing you uh, to be unsafe as a driver in any capacity, that's something that concerns all of us. So I do want people to really think about how they are driving, and, and particularly if you're driving a lot at night, as, as we said, a lot of these 
these drowsy incidents do occur in those wee hours of the morning. So if you're somebody that's out, you know, either because of your social life or your work life or for whatever reason, uh, be aware that, you know, even if you're a great driver, there are probably many drowsy drivers that are on the road with you. So be aware of that during the National Sleep Awareness Week and maybe just try something different with your sleep routine, something a little different and, and in an effort to get better sleep or more sleep. And, you know, just one additional good sleep habit I think can go a long way. Awesome. This is Laura Adams joining us from driversed.com. March 10th through the 16th is National Sleep Awareness Week, and that's what we're discussing today, particularly drowsy driving uh, with Laura. You can check out uh, the website drowsydriving.org as well as sleepfoundation.org for some pretty jarring statistics as well as uh, prevention tips, etc. What are some other driving issues that you think need more attention as we kind of broaden this? I know you have a a vast expertise in uh, driver's education in general um, as an analyst for driversed.com. What are some of those other driving issues that you think you would uh, like to call to attention? Yeah, certainly distracted driving is huge. You know, this is an an issue that is just seems to be growing um, in, in its in its nature, and, and all kinds of distractions are out there. Uh, techno, you know, technology, phones, texting, talking, all of that is certainly causing more distractions. Uh, there are a lot of old fashioned distractions too, like eating while driving, and you know, putting on makeup while driving, um, talking to people in the car with you while you're driving. Those are kind of uh, the, the, probably the original distractions, but technology is encroaching on how we drive and and our ability to be very focused when we drive. So I'd love for people to think about what they can do to stop some of those conversations and text threads that they're having while they're driving. I mean, we have found 54% of our uh, survey respondents at driversed.com said they admit to typing text while they're behind the wheel, and 73% said, yeah, I read texts while I'm behind the wheel. You know, we've all done it. We've been there. And the reality is you've just got to put a barrier between you and the phone uh, in order to stop it. Uh, You know, maybe putting it in the glove compartment or putting it in the back seat. Uh, Also, if you're using a phone on a hands-free device or using voice commands, people will say, well, Laura, I'm hands-free. I'm safe. I'm fine. And the reality is is that your brain is still distracted. Even if your your hands are not uh, distracted by holding a phone, you, your brain is still distracted. So don't be fooled into thinking that because you're using a hands-free device that chatting and talking and texting while you're driving is okay because it is still a distraction and it's going to keep your uh, focus from being 100% on the road. Yeah, texting while driving is... You know, one of those issues that uh, you, you hear about all the time, another accident is caused or even a deathly accident is caused by someone on their phone while driving, and it's people of all ages, I'm sure. Males under 30 may be the most guilty party, uh, or uh, or people in general under 30 who use their phone a lot, but I see uh, people all the time of all ages using the phone um, while driving. Obviously, that's uh, a very scary real thing. Um, what are some tricks that you can say? You mentioned the kind of the glove box approach, um, but what are some of those other tricks that drivers can practice to perform uh, better when they're out on the road and, and be less distracted or in, in the other topic we were talking about today, less drowsy uh, when they're behind the wheel? 
I do think you can use some of the uh, technology that's out there to have automatic responses. So many phone companies will have an automatic text response. If your phone is in motion while you receive a text, it'll hit back and say, you know, I'm driving right now. I'll, I'll you know, return the text in just a few minutes. Um, even for a phone call, you can set that up. So using technology to kind of put a barrier between you and other people while you're driving can be smart. Um, you know, and if you're a parent with a teen driver, there are certainly apps and technology out there that you can install on your teen's phone to help them stay safe. And I think Having a conversation with young drivers is important, you know, kind of setting the expectation that as they begin driving and, and incorporating technology into driving, that they've got to they've got to set some boundaries. And I think parents and older people that you know we can be just as guilty, um, and parents need to also tell young drivers that they don't need an immediate response from them. A lot of teens say, "Well, I'm on my phone because I'm texting mom or I'm texting dad. They want to know where I am, and so I'm trying to respond to them." Let your teen driver know that they need to get to a safe place before texting, before calling, and that you expect them to be in a safe place uh, when they do that. So, you know, a lot of it can come down to communication within the family. Laura Adams from DriversEd.com, National Sleep Awareness Week, March 10th through the 16th. Really appreciate coming on. Is there any uh, other information you'd like to get out there or any place you would like to point listeners to uh, if they want to learn more? Yeah, I would love for folks to take a look at driversed.com. Uh, we're the number one online driving school, so maybe you're looking for uh, a way to save money on your auto insurance. We've got all kinds of courses available there and traffic ticket school, uh, teen uh, courses there if you're looking to get your permit, or even in-car lessons if you're looking to beef up your in-car skills. There's a little something there for everybody. Awesome. Well, Laura, we appreciate your insight, and it's been fun to talk to you a couple times here now on Metroscope, and thanks again for joining us. You too. Thank you so much for having me. We were talking today with Laura Adams, a safety and education analyst at driversed.com. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.